Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Markets in Minutes with me, Michelle Martin. The bulls are out across Asia this morning. The Nikkei in Tokyo is trading up more than 1.7%. Sydney is up 1%. And Seoul is trading higher as well. This morning's gains come on the back of a strong session on Wall Street overnight. Investors are looking ahead to a new listing by a unit of Chinese tech giant JD.com on the Hong Kong market this morning. For more on that story, joining me now is Ryan Huang. How are you, Ryan? Morning, Michelle. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Now, the headlines this morning are chock-a-block full of corporate news, some here at home, more in Hong Kong and in the U.S. If IPOs, acquisitions and new corporate strategies are any indication, it's going to be a busy day for the markets and potentially a good one for investors. I'm going to start in Hong Kong, where JD.com is set to spin off its logistics arm in a new listing on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. JD Logistics begins trading in about 25 minutes at 9 30 a.m. And if we look at the grey market, it appears that JD Logistics shares could pop at the open. Tell us more. Yeah, so when we talk about really strong demand, you just have to look at how much interest it attracted when it comes to the pre-buying, the IPO subscription. It was more than 700 times oversubscribed by retail investors. So a very hot stock and in the grey market trading it was up by as much as 29% and at the latest indication we are expecting it to open higher by 20% so some lucky investors are going to strike it rich on day one day one pop for JD Logistics Wow, investors are going to be keeping a very close eye on JD Logistics today for that pop. It is the first big listing in Hong Kong since China began cracking down on those big tech companies like Alibaba and Ant Group. JD Logistics is expected to raise more than three billion US dollars via this IPO. Next up, another piece of news from Hong Kong, but one that could easily unsettle investors. Security officials there have sent letters to HSBC and Citibank warning them not to do business with the embattled tycoon Jimmy Lai. Lai is currently in jail and he's been charged with several breaches under the city's new national security law. This is the first time, Ryan, that we know about uh, Hong Kong's security arms extending to the city's financial system. So what's the latest here? Yeah, it does send some jitters to investors looking into these markets. So what we have is essentially a warning from Hong Kong's security chief to the to some banks. And in this case, pointed out HSBC and Citibank. So if they take Jimmy Lai's money, they could be liable for seven years jail. So it is really ring-fencing the assets and really putting the scrutiny or at least clamping down on his assets in uh, Hong Kong. So it is uh, making it tougher for him to operate in Hong Kong where he is under a lot of pressure because of his past connections with anti-government protests. And of course, Jimmy Lai is currently serving a 14-month prison sentence for taking part in what's being called an unauthorized assembly um, in 2019. Mm -hmm. And for those who may not be familiar with Jimmy Lai, he actually founded Giordano back in 1980 and then he was inspired by the 1989 Tiananmen demonstrations to start a magazine. It was called Next Magazine or Next Weekly that spiraled into what's now Next Digital which owns Apple Daily. So he is someone who 
has been connected to a lot of um, activists' activities. And now it looks like Hong Kong regulators or governments, the government is now tightening the screws around what he's um, doing right now. Yeah, imagine from T-shirts to activism. I remember Giordano, that uh, brand, quite well. I think they're still here, in fact. Right? Yes, they are still here. And it looks like you moved on from them to more higher-end stuff. <laughs> well, thank you. I'll take that as a compliment today. Now, some observers note that what is bad for Hong Kong could be good for Singapore. They've observed high net worth clients shifting more of their assets to accounts here. In fact, uh, that impact on the property market is what I'm going to be looking at in about an hour's time. Let's bring the corporate conversation back to Singapore now, where investors are going to be assessing restructuring announcements by several large cap companies. I'm going to start with Semcorp Industries. The investment holding company is normally associated with petroleums and chemicals, but now says it plans to turn its portfolio from brown to green. So what's the plan, Ryan? And how does Semcorp plan to do this? Yeah, so it looks like green is the new black and Semcorp Industries is saying its portfolio is going to turn from brown to green. So essentially looking at more renewable ways or renewable energy areas to do business in and looking to grow its integrated urban solutions business. So looking at some of the examples, uh, you've got them saying, the profit contribution from its sustainable solutions portfolio, they want to grow it from currently 40% to 70% by 2025. So this, of course, uh, is quite reflective of the wider trend in the industry, not just in Singapore, but globally of many companies responding to calls to go greener from shareholders, from activists. So Samcorp going in the right direction in that sense. Absolutely. The group is also committing to halve their greenhouse gas emissions by 2030 and deliver net zero emissions by 2050. Now, Semcorp shares have risen more than 7% over the past week. Investors seem to like where it's heading to. Next up on the list of corporate announcements, and we touched a little on this yesterday, over at Singtel, the telco posted a 93% drop in its first half earnings yesterday in the morning, but it also announced a plan to unlock the value of its infrastructure assets. So what do investors appear to think of this plan, Ryan? Well, going by the latest reaction from stock um, holders, it was a sell-off on well, a slight sell-off. It was down 0.4% on mm. the news and partly possibly because of the results that came alongside the announcement. And just to recap those numbers, profit for the year was down 50% to around $550 million. And a large part of it due to impairment charges in the second half of the year due to MOB and trust wave. So that, of course, is the past and they are now looking to the future and that future will be in the form of a bit of a strategic reset where they want to look at 5G in a bigger way, expand into Australia more and also jump on the digital trend in a more aggressive fashion. So that is pretty much the theme of what the strategic review is all about. And looking at what some of the analysts have been saying they have called these changes long overdue and it's a good sign that under the new CEO, Yen Kwan Moon, uh, a lot of changes are happening and they are happening very fast. So this is, of course, since he took office sometime in the start of the year. And by most accounts, you are looking at people calling it short-term pain for long-term gain. 
All right, from telcos to transport or aviation, really, I want to look at SATs now, the ground handler and the in-flight caterer. No surprise that it lost money in the past financial year, but SATs also says it's turned a corner. How so? Yeah, so this is with the latest fourth quarter results. It swung back into the black, but not enough to prevent a full-year net loss. So let's look at the numbers. Fourth quarter ended March. It was recording a profit of $800,000. That is reversing the net loss they saw in the previous year of $6.3 million. And so we did see some strength coming through from non-travel-related businesses. And this is at areas including security services. So that is one part of the business is trying to grow as it doesn't really see the resumption of travel-related businesses coming back online anytime soon. So that may be something that it could tap for future growth in future. But talking about turning a corner, you are looking at sequentially some improvement. Mm. Uh, But of course, COVID-19 has so many moving parts. It's very tough to call. And looking at the dividend, they have declared no final dividend because they want to preserve more jobs and capabilities to support SAS customers um, because um, they want a bigger war chest, more buffer, and to pursue opportunities outside of aviation. So going by that tone, they are a bit cautious going into the rest of the year. Makes sense. One more company to look at on the local front before I turn to international news is Singapore Airlines. SIA is planning to raise more than $6 billion in a bond issue. That sum is turning heads. The Securities Investors Association of Singapore, CS, is asking whether SIA should consider privatizing instead. What do you think of this argument? Well, it's a good conversation to have because it brings to mind what happened recently with SMRT, the transport operator. And this is, of course, with a huge um, backing of Tomasic going in to um, take up more shareholding of SMRT. So what we have here is maybe some parallels. You've got a struggling asset, a very important company that is um, critical in some sense to many industries and jobs in Singapore. And the question now comes up is, does more need to be done to protect this company? Because there are so many multiplier effects, so many trickle-down um, impact or ripples that could be um, had if they don't succeed. So the question from Sias is, is the approach that SIA is taking the best approach Have they considered other uh, options. And of course, um, what's at the center of it is the latest MCBs, the second round of issuance of mandatory convertible bonds of $6.2 billion. And the question is coming up because the first time they issued the, uh, the MCBs, the take-up rate was quite weak. In fact, the CEO himself and the chairman did not take up the MCBs. So the question is, if they didn't do it, why should the rest of the shareholders do it or take it up. So that's a question they're asking. So looking at the first round of MCBs, it was Tamasic which committed to taking up the slack as they promised and, and they did so and that led to a take-up rate of around 96%. So they are questioning the, I guess, rationale or thinking behind doing it a second time. And of course, what will be needed for a third time. If it does happen, will there be more fundraising required? Mm. So a lot of questions they are asking on behalf of SIA shareholders, why they should take it up, what's going to be in store for the future. Mm -hmm. So I believe we might see SIA respond to it in time to come 
perhaps in a following. The privatization route for SIA, what's it going to take to secure its long-term future and how do we balance that route with shareholder interests? Interesting questions. Let's turn to the US now. For this, I'm going to do it game show style. It's time for Up or Down. Ryan, are you ready? Let's go. Let's start with Salesforce. All right, Salesforce is an up for me, and that is because, no surprises, growth is strong for this software company. <laughs> so strong is offering a strong guidance for the coming fiscal year. So more companies using its software. So that's going to be good news. Salesforce shares are up 5% in after-hours trade after the cloud company beat market expectations. Salesforce also optimistic about the year ahead. So it's definitely an up for me when it comes to Salesforce. Okay, this is a two for one. The two so-called meme companies, AMC and GameStop. That is an up and up for me. For both, yeah? Yeah, for both. Mm-hmm. And more so for AMC, which was up 35%. And you've got GameStop up around 5%. And I think it's one of those speculative trades. More people buying, leading to more people buying. And the momentum continues. Now, both are up, AMC and GameStop, but the two meme stocks went their separate ways overnight. AMC saw 35%, GameStop rose, not nearly as much, 5%, less than 5%, I believe. GameStop, uh, a day earlier, both AMC and GameStop had posted double-digit gains, so keep that in context. Next up, Figs. All right, this is the latest IPO to hit the U.S. market. This is a direct-to-consumer healthcare apparel and lifestyle company. So it did well on day one. It was up 46%, and this would be an up for me. looks like people are just trying to jump on the next big thing. Yeah, up for me as well. Forbes says this healthcare apparel company stands out amidst a sea of overvalued IPOs. Figs IPO soared overnight up opening nearly 30% above its issue price. And finally, in up or down, let's take a look at Apple. I'm going to venture with an up. And this is with news that Apple is perhaps looking to adopt cryptocurrency payments. And this is Mm. because it's in the news for advertising for some positions to hire for talents in its payments division for what's being called alternative payments. So a few question marks. So maybe, maybe not, but it looks like some hints around how it might go the way of accepting cryptocurrency. Yeah, this based on a job posting uh, people are looking at for Apple. It's looking for people who have experience in digital wallets and cryptocurrency and buy now, pay later programs as well. So Apple looking to increase their portfolio of alternative payments, it looks like. Let's check in on local stocks now. Check in fintech companies like iFast, Nanofilm, Venture. They were amongst the biggest gainers on the Singapore market yesterday. As for blue chips, Jardine Matheson led the way higher Overall, the STI closed up more than half a percent at 31.64. So how's the blue chip index doing this morning, Ryan? Yeah, so it's four days in a row so far. And looking at what we have right now, it might be five. It is up 0.6% at 3,183. And a quick snapshot of the STI, mostly in the green. Just six counters in the red. Right now it's five actually now. And at the top of the table, you've got... Sats is up by 2% and we talked about its profits in the fourth quarter swinging back into the black. Samcorp Industries up 1.9% and this is off the back of it announcing its new strategy to turn its portfolio more green from brown and looking at 
Yangju Junk Shipbuilding, mm-hmm. that was yesterday's top gainer, up 4%, and now extends those gains by 1.3%. Some speculation about how there is more demand for ships right now as ship rates are going up. And interestingly, we saw ship rates from Asia to Europe hitting over $10,000 for the first time. So it's up 3% from last week. Um, some of the tech names also extending gains from yesterday. Venture Corp up 1.2%. All three banks in the green. UOB um, is leading the way up 1.5%. And we talked about Singtel as well. So it was actually gaining back yesterday's losses. It's now up by 0.4%. 246 is the latest trading price. And right at the bottom, Maple Tree Industrial Trust is now down by 1% at 281. So that's the latest picture we have for the Singapore markets. Thank you very much, Ryan Huang. Enjoy the weekend. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.